Hey, Stuart, you got all your Christmas shopping done? It's, it's not uh, Christmas Eve yet, Paul. Come, come no, on. No, that's December 24th. Yeah, all day. That's that's when all the men go shopping. That's when you get all the deals. That's right. Well, that's where I plan to be. Actually, it's not too busy that day. And uh, actually, I was walking around Canadian Tire today, and I think everything's on sale at Canadian Tire. Well, that's what makes the Canadian Tire work. You know that. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard any Christmas uh, carols this year? Uh, it's been a silent night. Ooh. <laughs> You're listening to episode 8 of In Grey Highlands This Week. I had much larger hopes than this. Paul, once again, we're in Studio A, and uh, this uh, segment we're going to talk about uh, decent people doing good things. Uh, my friend and yours, Ron Burnett of the South Grey News, had a great uh, interview this week uh, with uh, Joan McGee of the... Uh, uh, Love committee. Love committee. I was yeah. just, I was just puckering up for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul, I understand uh, there was a special occasion last night for Joan and her husband Tom. Yes, it's funny how you mentioned that. Yeah, it was a great surprise at the Rock Mills Church, uh, a celebration of the the fifty first year of the Love Committee. Wow. Which both uh, Joan and Tom started, and uh, they sort of uh, they talked about that. But it, just at the beginning of the evening, they had some uh, friends that took them out for dinner at Stevens Restaurant. Right. And so uh, we started gathering around seven o'clock. And I guess they might have showed up about maybe twenty after. And uh, so they uh, were graciously surprised when they came in. And and uh, the first thing that uh, Tom said, and the warden's here. <laughs> Hey, hey. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it was... Uh, Did you park all your cars in the field so that they weren't suspicious? No, no, no. no. They wouldn't know who I, I had a pickup truck that night anyway. Okay. But, but anyway, yeah, so they uh, they had a nice little lunch. Uh, everybody brought food and everybody uh, had a chance to um, mingle and... and uh, oh, that's nice. Meat. And then they got into the presentations. And so Alec Ruff was there from uh, Grey Bruce... Uh, the Ray Bruce writing, and he presented a, a certificate on, uh, for himself, on, on, and also on behalf of Bill Walker, because Bill wasn't. Oh, Bill was not there last night. Okay. So then, uh, so that sort of uh, was a nice event, and then I brought greetings on behalf of the county, and I, you know, I that was uh, the part I mentioned that uh, I represent seventy or ninety five thousand people, and I'm bringing greetings on, on ninety five thousand people, which is sort of the way it is. And then I also brought a certificate. Uh, from what do the, you do there now at the at the county? Well. Stuart, I became the warden. Ah, okay. Well, and uh, so well, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. We'll but, join that club, too. Sir, anyway, yeah, I will. So, but, but anyway, no. So then uh, I, I brought uh, a certificate on behalf of the municipality of Green Highlands, and uh, my deputy mayor, Cassius Side, Side, was there along with uh, Councillor Allen, and uh, they were very pleased about that also. And then we had some nice group shots, nice, nice uh, cutting of the cake, and a uh, great evening. So I understand, Stuart, that uh, Ron had an interview with Tom and, and Joe McGee. Absolutely, he did. Decent people doing good things. So I'm here with Joan McGee, chairperson of the Flesherton and Community Love Committee. Hi, Joan. Welcome to the In Grey Highlands This Week podcast. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. So uh, I understand now for 50 years unofficially, the Love Committee has been helping families in the area. Can you tell me a little more about that? Yes, it's 51 years that we have been helping. It wasn't the Love Committee at first. It was just a group of women from the church. And we started very small with about five or six families. And every year it's gotten bigger and bigger. 
And then 31 years ago, the the Love Committee was officially formed, and it uh, consists of the churches in the area, St. Andrew's Presbyterian from Priceville, St. John's and Eugenia United Church, and uh, General Shepherd Community Church, and Rock Mills Fellowship Baptist Church. And they're all together. They're all on the committee. So that's, that's how we got started. So and how long have you been with the committee? I've been 51 years. This is my 51st year. Wow. So you were there from the very beginning. Yes, I was. Always the chairperson. Always the chairperson. Wow. So you've, you've seen a lot of change over the years, I'm sure. Yes, I have. Yes. Now, I know that uh, you help a lot of families in the area. Do you, have you seen over the time uh, that the need has been increasing? Well, yes, it has increased every year. This year, we're up to 88 families. And we have uh, 88 families and 79 children and 30 teens right now. And we still have another week before we deliver. Wow, yes. So you deliver on uh, On the 20th 20th of December. Now, on the 19th, I believe you go into the Kinplex and you assemble uh, all the boxes to give out to these families. And how many volunteers will, will be there on On, on Thursday, there will be, I'd say, 60 or 70. Uh, we are at the Kimplex starting Tuesday, the committee. We just start Tuesday setting up the tables and the boxes. And Wednesday, we start doing more sorting and taking in things. People bring a lot of their items in. We go to the schools, McPhail and Gray Highlands, and pick up food. And then on Thursday, anybody that asks if they can help, I say, come Thursday morning, and we have a job for them. And everybody is so happy to be able to help. So are you still looking for people to come and help on Thursday? This uh, podcast will be coming out on the 19th, so it's not like we'll be uh, sending anyone there. No, I mean, anybody that asks if they can help, I would say come on Thursday morning at 9 at the Kinplex. Uh, So you you listed some of the places where you get your donations from. Are there any other... um Corporate uh, sponsors or people that donate? Yes, we do have uh, a few corporate sponsors. One is Gailey Foods from Toronto. They always look after us every year. They send a wonderful donation. And we have uh, O'Donnell Enterprises. Uh, they send a nice donation. And then all the different community groups like the, the Kinsmen, the Kin- Kinettes, the uh, Southeast Gray Support Services, they help us uh, all those community people all can continue to be a great help to us. So you 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 mentioned eighty eight families that yes. you help with this with this program. So uh, without naming anybody, uh, generally speaking, who are these people? Are they people from Flesherton? The the area we look after is from Feversham to Priceville. In that in that area, and we don't do Dundalk or Markdale because they have their own committee. But we do that big area, so you know it's a big area. Some people will come and pick up their things on Friday, but a lot of them are delivered by our teams of people that help. The groups that come to help on Friday are different people that helped all week. And it's really good that we can involve so many people in different ways. Some people like to wrap. They do that. Some people like to pack. Some people like to sort and so everybody has a talent that they're ready to use. And the people that receive these boxes are generally speaking people who have fallen on some hard times, maybe struggling to make ends meet? Yes. We have many families that are having a really tough time this year. 
we have people that go to the Flesher Food Bank, and and they are always on this on our list here. Like the we work together with the food bank, and those people will be on this list. And then we have a list from last year, and we call them up, and we say, "How are you doing? Do you need help?" And they say. Yes, I need help. Or, oh, no, this year we had several that said, oh, we're doing a lot better. And that makes us feel good and them feel good that they don't need help. So that's always a nice nice sign. And do you have a hard time finding volunteers or are people no, pretty? No, no trouble. People that once they come and see it, they want to do it again. So that's nice. And we have, like, from the ch- all the churches, there's people definitely from those churches come, but then anybody else in the community that wants to help. They just ask, and I say, sure, come. Do you do anything other things besides these uh, Christmas boxes throughout the year? Yes, whenever there is a need through the community, sometimes a fire or a child has had to go to sick kids and the mom needs help paying to go down or to pay to stay, we pay for that. We had one time we had several children that had to have uh, diabetic pumps, and they cost a lot of money, and we were able to help with that. There's just many ways that we try to help families. Well, the love committee seems to be quite uh, quite a going concern, and I'm I'm grateful that it is part of our community. And I want to thank you for coming in and telling us all about it. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. So, so Paul, another uh, uh, thing that was happening out there is, uh, I guess, people are getting uh, their snowmobiles ready and uh, ready to to run on the uh, the trails, which are coming up in uh, January. So uh, I had a chance to talk to uh, Karen Boratinsky this week, and uh, she's a, um, the district manager of Ontario Federation of Snowmobiles for District 9. Big area. It's a really big area. It goes right up into Tobermory. Uh-huh. All right. So she told, and during the interview, she you know told us a lot about the club and what they do and the trail permits and the risks and that kind of stuff. So today in Studio A, I have Karen Bertinsky who's the manager of District 9 of the Ontario Federation of Snowmobile Clubs of Ontario. Welcome, Karen. Thank you, Stuart. It's an appropriate day out there. It's uh, snowing. It's a beautiful day for snowmobilers. But we're in early, um, well, fairly early in December. So snowmobiles, uh, when, do they kind of, when do they start uh, moving about? Well, it really depends on the year. Right. This year, the early snow has gotten riders very excited, and and we are anticipating a good year. But often, the trail building process begins in November and carries on to December. And typically, we can count on late December, January riding. All right, because a week ago it was raining. Exactly. So that's no way to build a trail. But now, if this stays cold with the snow that's coming around right now, there's a chance that. Uh, the groomers eventually will get out and build a, start to build up the trails. Well, the cold is very good and the cold is very necessary, but there's right. a lot of things that have to happen before the groomers start to roll. Right. And that's where our volunteers come in. They have to get out. They have to talk to the landowners. Right. They have to make sure that the trail, the pieces of property they used last year for trail are still available to them this year. And then they do things like redecking bridges, brushing uh, in some of the, the bush trail, putting up all of the stakes and signs. And that's the activity that you usually takes place between that November, December timeframe. Once all that is done, there's enough ground freeze, there's enough snow on the ground, then the groomers can start to roll. 
So that's all done by volunteers? Absolutely. How about the uh, the groomers? The groomer operators in District 9 are employees. Okay. They're employees of District 9. Right. So you're their manager then? They do work for the district. Yes, that's correct. All right. So they uh, they tell you when they're ready and uh, or you deploy them out uh, on, on the trails? So. What happens is the individual clubs right. tell us when they're ready to go. So they let us know that, yes, we have the land use permission. Yes, the swamps and the areas that need to be frozen are frozen. Right. The stakes and signs are in the ground. So we are ready to go you can send the groomer out. Okay. So how many trails have you got in District 9? District 9 covers a very large area. There's almost 3,000 kilometers of trail. Wow. That runs from Tobermory down south the the Lake Huron shoreline to Godrich, across through Listowel, Lake Conestoga, Arthur area, up to Tobermory, and, and connects in a big circle and everything in the middle. Wow. So in Gray Highlands here, we're we're home to District 9. Uh, well, not home, but I mean, your home is in District 9. <laughs> but also uh, you have another district as well, which butts into uh, the, you might say, the east part of our... District 8, district yes. 8, yeah. So the Osprey Snowhawks are right. a snowmobile club within District 8, right. and they have trails in Gray Highlands. All right. So the Klondike is the one that in, in Gray Highlands more, would, they are the major. They're the major club in Gray Highlands, and also the Durham Trailblazer have have some snowmobile trail that that goes into the Great Highlands area as well. So uh, let's say uh, if I was coming up from Toronto and I'd heard about it uh, and I would come into this area knowing that it's a you know let's say in January it's a great place so where would I where would I park and how would I go about getting on the trail and what would you recommend if you're coming into Great Highlands uh, to do snowmobiling? Well, the first thing we recommend to everybody is to go online and take a look at our interactive trail guide. And that can be accessed through the OFSC website. That's www.ofsc.on.ca. That guide will tell you what trails are available for riding. It will also indicate where there may be food, fuel, accommodations that people want to plan their routes around. Okay. So if somebody is coming up from outside of our area, one of the the big places that we recommend to park in Gray Highlands is there's a, a parking lot right beside the Gray County Rail Line, which in, is the snowmobile world we call the, the B110 okay. Rail Line. You can park trucks and trailers there. You can leave them safely for the day some leave them for multiple days and the trail is right beside that parking lot and from there you can also access significant food fuel and lodging okay so there's it's exciting for people to be able to come up here because we're ready for them then we absolutely are we absolutely are snowmobiling is a huge driver of of the local winter economy yes well i could see that and uh uh, I, I know we used to do it back in the, uh, when I first came up here and uh, now I think it's, uh, you know, we've, we've passed on that and, but then the, my gang went into skiing and, uh, so now, uh, let's see right now, I think they're in, they're into video games once again, <laughs> as, they, as they mature, but anyhow, it's, it's, it's great. So, uh, we're over, I'm over in Eugenia. So how about I get from, uh, Markdale, uh, if I wanted to go to Eugenia? Well, there Just is because 
even in the winter, uh, Eugenia Falls uh, is is a pretty place to visit. So it most definitely is. What we recommend for riders is that they take a look at the interactive trail guide right. and they they plan a route of where they want to go. They stay on those trails if they choose to get off the trail and travel on some road to to uh, go to a restaurant or to refuel or or to see a nice site. Right. They may do that. So the municipal regulations, are they easily accessible for somebody that, say, wants to get off the trail? And, uh, you know, I, I would assume a lot of them run on the on the side of the road, but actually maybe on the, on, on the county roads. Can they run on the county roads? They can. Um, snowmobiles are licensed vehicles, right. just like your car. So okay. when you purchase, uh, you know, the, the sticker, the annual sticker for your car, you do the same thing for your snowmobile, right. and they are allowed on, on municipal roads. All right, so we shouldn't be cursing them because they're quite an uh, uh, important part of our, of our commerce. So actually... Uh, getting from uh, Markdale uh, over to Eugenia could be really through some hills and valleys and, and around them. Yeah. It's absolutely a beautiful way to travel in the winter. Right. And what I try to express to people is a lot of the scenery that we have in our area, a lot of the vistas, the outcroppings that are, are absolutely stunning and people take advantage of um, you know, visiting in the, in the summer months and in the fall months. Right. It's equally as beautiful in the winter. And one of the only ways to see a lot of that scenery is by snowmobile. Right. I noticed Gray County has something that says uh, uh, ride more, drive less. And so they're, they're recognizing the importance of snowmobiling in our, in our tourism business as well. So. Absolutely. And we've used that tagline actually a lot over the years. (laughs) It is our tagline. Um, And we do use it. And, and, what we are saying to riders in the Kitchener-Waterloo area, the Hamilton area, the Niagara area, London, is you do not have to load up your truck and trailer and drive on the 401 and the 400 and travel hours north to enjoy beautiful snowmobiling. Why don't you load up your truck and trailer, drive an hour, an hour and a half to our area? We have great snowfall. We have these two snowmaking machines called Lake Huron and Georgian Bay that right. we we're sit in, in the middle the of okay. and the drive up is is beautiful again right. there's no 400 series highways no. involved and they can stop at some lovely little places along the way and the riding here is just as good as it is anywhere in the province okay so thank you very much for working with me today and and, and coming into studio way i just want to have uh something that i as this uh, christmas season uh there's a, a an old carol or whatever you want to call it, dashing through the snow. But I I saw something here. It's dashing through the snow on snowmobiles made our Christmas vacation perfect. And that's from a snowmobiler. So there we are. That's what we're recommending. Make a perfect Christmas. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Stuart. This is the time of the year when uh, decent people are doing good things. I had a chance to interview uh, two people from the food bank, the one from Markdale and the, and the one from uh, Flesherton. Carl Herman is with the Markdale Food Bank, and Marion Doyle is with the Flesherton Food Bank. Both of them have been really active in the food banks. And, of course, this is the time of year with, when uh, things are really hopping at the food bank. I think that a lot, a lot of things are happening 
people, the rents, rents are going up, uh, hydro's going up, et cetera. And a lot of people that are really kind of marginally employed, you know, use the food bank. So it's really nice how this food bank, these food banks have uh, cooperated with each other. So if you go into Foodland right now, you can buy a bag uh, for $10 or whatever it is, and that goes off to the food bank. So nice. they nice. also depend on donations and things. Right. So anyhow, there's a great team and a wonderful, wonderful group of people. Other than buying the, the, the bag of groceries, can they, can they also give a donation? Absolutely, Paul. And that r- provides a lot of flexibility for the food banks to buy other things. Right. Uh, so that you, yeah, so that are not necessarily in those things. And the, each one of the uh, food banks offer charitable donations. Uh, receipts, all right. If that's uh, if that's what they you know if people want, so it's important to give either food or or or, or money or or both or both. Okay, yeah, there you go. I'll buy that. So today, uh, I uh, in Studio A, I've uh, with under the topic of decent people doing good things. I have two wonderful guests with me. <laughs> One is uh, Carl Herman of the Markdale Food Bank and Marion Doyle from the Fleshman Food Bank. Welcome to our studio today. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Stuart. Thank nice, you. Nice to be here. Yeah. Well, it's great. Uh, so both of you are really providing a service to to our community, a, a service that's really needed, and particularly at this time of year, mm-hmm. people are struggling with uh, with uh, probably heat costs, electricity costs, uh-huh. exactly. hydro, et cetera. Exactly. So food banks seem to be filling a need. So can you tell me a little bit about your food bank, uh, Carl, and then you? And okay. I know you were serving the same community, and I don't know, there's probably no crossover because that 10-kilometer 10, 10 divide between right. Markdale and right. Fleshman is yeah. probably right. probably comes into place. And you also serve Eugenia and Priceville yes, as well. Yes, and we go right over to Highway 24 at the Flush and Food Bank, and we go down to, like, Proton Station. and oh, you know, So area. it's quite a big, uh, extensive yeah. area. Yeah. And, Carl, you've got the largest population in Markdale. So yeah, we, we have them, and we've got Chatworth and all those people up around that area. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, they all come down. Uh, tell me a little bit more about the uh, Markdale Food Bank and w- what you would like to tell our, our listeners about about your organization. Well, we have a good group there, and they're very loyal to people, you know, a lot of very loyal people. And uh, we like for all the people that need to come out, even if they're afraid to come out anyways, because some are afraid to go to the food bank. They don't mm-hmm. like it, you know, they're scared. But we're there for them, and we're going to treat them properly when they come. And uh, we're all a good group there. We all get along well. Mm-hmm. We talk to these people when they come in. We make them feel relaxed and comfortable. And they go away happy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Marin, what can you tell me a bit about how you feel your organization is is meeting the needs and, and doing things? Yeah. Um, I'm very thankful that it is a, a Christian-based Food bank, and it because of that we are our focus is uh, very much on uh, making people feel welcome. Uh, giving people dignity and respect is very important. I know there are people in our community who should be coming to the food bank and aren't coming, and I'm thinking specifically of seniors. Like my senior group is maybe ten percent. And I know we have people who are very proud and and uh, but uh, still, uh, anyone who comes through our doors uh, will be welcome. We always have coffee on, and uh, and we do try to. Um, I think a important part of our our group too is 
um, the emotional support because people who are going through extreme poverty and have to come to food banks, sometimes they just need to talk to somebody. And that's I think that's part of our job, too, and to put, a, put an arm around people and say, yes, I hear you and I hear the problems that you're going through and, and uh, we will try to help you. We'll help you with the food side of it and, uh, and hope that um, your, whatever situation they're in, they will improve. Yeah, so uh, come, and, come and meet us at the food bank and we'd be glad to see you. Yeah, we do the same thing when they come in. We, we talk to people. Try and make them feel comfortable and all that, mm-hmm. so they don't have to be worried that they're there, you know, or feel. One thing about the transportation thing, so mm-hmm. yeah. so in uh, uh, let's say in Flushing, you can fair, fairly you're sort sort of centrally located, and in the same way in Markdale, are there people let's say that could be better serviced if there was a if, if there was transportation available for them to get to your place? Oh, or, definitely. Are, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that something you need to think about uh, with uh, maybe the community health clinic somehow? Uh, yeah, when that comes into effect, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but also yeah. just generally speaking, there are some, you know, our, our Brick County had a van. There was, uh, um, I, I'm gapping on, on, the, on the name, he, uh, Home and Community Support Services. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do day away programs and things. But they may be a, a so maybe we need to, you need to spend some communication time with some other agencies to see if there are more people could be serviced by your organization yeah, uh, because of the for vans. No, no, no I no. understand. And, you know, van sitting around is is not right. a, exactly not yeah, something no. that you want to have. But yeah. I know the county has a van for their social services department, <laughs> and also uh, there are other agencies that do. All right. In fact, there's an a new agency. I just got a brochure on about uh, commuter kind of uh, thing where rideshare. It's kind of like a rideshare. Mm-hmm. If you're going to Toronto oh. or or any other place, uh, you know, up here that uh, they're they're sort of a central place you can book and you can rideshare. So there's more more awareness. I think the more we talk about things, the more more, more solutions will arise. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. I think ride sharing is one thing. Well, that, we take uh, some people home. You know, if they're yeah. too far away. Yes, and if they've got heavy loads to take, we right. do that for them. You know. Yeah. Well, hitchhiking is uh, used to be very popular, <laughs> no, but uh, we don't want doesn't. That. No, no, uh, but it doesn't happen today. Mm-hmm. All right, but it did at one time. Yes. Right, yeah. and right. uh, people would pick up somebody who was yeah. standing on the side of the road. So, anyhow, no, we transportation we will address. Yes. Good. Good. That's a good one. Well, we do, and shut in, we go and give them their food. Do you? Oh, that's oh, good, that's Carol. Oh, yes. That's good. Yeah. 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 That's good. Do you have any shut ins? Uh, no, not that I'm aware of, but like Carl says, we do have a couple of fellows who do uh, drive, you know, mm-hmm. if, if they will show up, or sometimes if they give a phone, they can call us at the right. church and, and request help and say, oh, the car isn't working. Like we we do try to adapt to whatever their needs right. are. And even, even on the food bank day, we have got calls where uh, they couldn't come in. So we do have uh, another volunteer who has access to get into the food bank on an alternative day to help them in that way. So at this Christmas time, mm-hmm. you know, it's a time of good cheer and, and fellowship and another organization called the Love Committee in, in this Fleshing area. And, mm-hmm. and you've got something at the, sure, sure. At the Cedarside, uh, not Cedarside, 
but Mike the uh, Cook Presbyterian Church mm-hmm. is running it, or all the churches. Hensley does this. Hensley, okay, yeah. so there are dinners and things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, do, you, do you open up again in January then? Yes. yes. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. you're pretty well a twelve month year organization. Yes, right. We right. are. Yeah. But with this time of year, we've got some special yeah. events. Well, if things keep going the way they are, we might have to open even more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Things yeah. are really starting to get rough. Yes. Yes, they are. Uh, I have something. Yeah. Uh, um, I just want to say about the community of Flusherton, I am so impressed. Um, I think people who have means in Flusherton, who have the finances, realize that there are those who are struggling. And we get amazing donations uh, coming through, especially at Christmas time. They're very aware, and and uh, through the Love Committee, we have been so blessed by by the finances that have come in to support that program. It also is reflected in uh, the finances that we have received to the food bank. So I just want to say a great big thank you to Flushert and community. And uh, you are fulfilling a need, and we just so appreciate your financial support. I agree with that, too. Mm-hmm. Good. We have the same thing going mm-hmm. on. So I noticed at the uh, food land, there's bags you can buy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, $5, $10, mm-hmm. whatever, yeah. uh, let's say money. So those bags then food land deliver to you? No, we pick we it pick up from you. Pick it up. Do you, do you share that? <laughs> yeah. Or does yes, that only we, go to we are. Yeah, yeah we, we've yes. kind of coordinating it, yeah. so that's really good. That's a yeah. sharing community. <laughs> yeah, so. it's real. It's nice to think when we're not in competition with each other. You know, we're in partnership with each other, right? right. Doing the same that's work in different community. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. we try and get along. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's important. So, Carl, how, how long have you been uh, uh, working uh, as the senior coordinator, or whatever your title is? At the <laughs> president. <laughs> the president, okay, of the Markdale um, Food Bank. Three years for the president. Okay. No, two years. Two years, pardon me. And you volunteered before that? Oh, yeah, for another three years yeah. before that. So yeah. the, uh, the food bank in Markdale is located uh, at the uh, Cook's uh, Presbyterian Church yes. in the lower level. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, you have a great facility there. And uh, yes, how many do. volunteers do you have, uh, Carl? That, oh, uh, we must have about 20 anyway. 20. And there's right. two shifts, like one on the first Thursday of the month and the fourth Thursday of the month. All right, so you're a Thursday group. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Marion, a little bit about your volunteer structure there in Flesher, and you're at the Cedarside campus, they call it now? That's correct. Correct. We're associate with General Shepherd Church, and right. we're we're very happy. It used to be Cedarside Church. That was it was started a food bank as Cedarside Church in two thousand and one, and uh, we weren't able to uh, maintain the church. So fortunately, uh, General Shepherd realized that this having the food bank was very vital to the community. So they basically adopted us and have taken over, and uh, and uh, they provide the uh, financial support that we needed to keep going to pay. The, you know, cover the utilities that we needed there. Right. Now, about volunteers, I have about 12, and uh, they've been with me for quite a while. They do, all my volunteers are there both Tuesdays on the second and fourth Tuesday of the month. So you're so a Tuesday group. I'm a Tuesday group, and mm-hmm. Carl's the Thursday, yeah. Okay, yeah. well, that's good. Yeah. And uh, I know that uh, when I did visit Carl there, um, uh, one day, I uh, had a chance to meet him. Uh, they have what I would call pre-packs. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. So you have for singles, for 
uh, man and wife or, or a couple and then for family. So mm-hmm. do you have the same thing? At, uh, uh, mine, mine is different. And very fortunately, because of the uh, Community Foundation Gray Bruce, we were able to do renovations at our food bank, uh, knock out a wall, make a big, bigger room. And in that room, we stock uh, the groceries that are the in the you know that we need right. for the people and when my folks come in i have something i call a shop list and they come in they put their name on the shop list and they take it and they they uh, set it at a on a tray and the later i have two volunteers in my uh, grocery room and those uh, ladies will take we can accommodate two families at one time basically they go through the food bank room with the volunteer and it usually doesn't take very long. They can probably do that within five minutes, five to seven minutes or so to, so it's a quick to go through. Then. They can go through. They know the things they want, right. you know, and they've done it before so they can, you know, it accommodates, right. goes pretty quickly. So uh, that way they are getting what they need. Like we did, we did have that uh, a pre-made bag before, but it, it, it just lended itself well with the renovations that we did. We okay. were able to open up the room and they were able, to, able to have a good access to get oh. what they need. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, it, but it's a well-balanced uh, uh, offering that, uh, that, you, that people are coming to you for, in right. other words. Yeah. So yeah. if I'm a single person and, and I go there once a week, I should be able to last that week with a... Uh, well, uh, probably Carl will say the same thing. We, I think it's generally about three to four days, yes. generally, is right. what we mm-hmm. are. We would have food for. So they are, we do have rare ones. I know I have single ones that have said to me, this is all the food I get, okay. you know, and I, when I'm aware of that. And then, of course, like if a single person is going through a food bank room, the quantity they get of groceries will not be as much as, say, a family of let's say six, where there's you know, right. two adults okay. and four children, you know, it, you, it's, it, yeah. it's, it's a, a, mm-hmm. a help, not yes. necessarily the, the right. full thing. And yeah, absolutely. So we call it, have, oh, yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. uh, um, I call it a supplement, a right. supplement okay. to their food. Supplement. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have, you're looking after about 90 families. Uh, uh, let's see. Not, re- not really. Now, ninety families are the love committee. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, but the food bank folk, uh, from my statistics that I'm, I'm averaging, it's maybe between. It's generally about thirty-six families that we are looking after. November was extremely busy, and I don't know why, okay. uh, but we ended up with forty-one families in November. So, uh, yeah, it's it's when when families come into our food bank. We are thinking we have to have food for 36 families, like trying to have preparation for what we might need. And we have been having 34 families come each food bank. So you're getting day. tapped out. So 68, quickly, yeah. when you put those two together, that we are, yeah, it's, so it's a, um, yeah. And okay, so Carl, you have a similar. Kind of, how many much. people do you would you be serving in the market out of the Markdale uh, food bank? Very much the same. Yeah. yeah okay. You know. Mm-hmm. All right. Much different. But uh, did you have a rush in November as well? Oh, yes. In November, December. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're busy. Really busy. Well, is can you sort of identify, is it a seasonal need? Are people now paying for more for hydro to heat their place? Or, exactly. And their yeah. money is uh, is running out? Exactly. And we I all think know so. that, uh, yeah. uh, let's say this, the uh, if you're living on uh, Canada Pension and uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. old age, um, mm-hmm. they're not being indexed uh, no. too rapidly. I understand maybe yeah. one of them... Uh, 
uh, um, is it old age is going to be indexed if you're 75 plus maybe starting okay yeah. so we'll see but that indexing <laughs> is not is not very high so that wouldn't probably buy you a chocolate bar the no. the you know the difference and things mm-hmm. so yeah but um, are you finding then that uh, there's a greater growing social need then for, for food banks and that uh, that more people probably, uh, maybe some of them are still still working on on you might say part time jobs, mm-hmm. and uh, they're just not making ends meet. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's it's something that that you believe. Uh, um, let's say, are you getting enough donations? And uh, is your system we is your system be, working? Uh, we seem to be. Yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Very fortunately. Um, there, we, we seem to have the donations that are going to be able to cover. And I, I you know, I, we always have a little meeting together before we start a food bank. And I say, well, we got enough money now for two months. So, you know, sometimes the times are short. Sometimes there's a, a, a great outpouring of donations where we know, hey, we've got costs covered here for six months. Isn't that amazing? That's and, great. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it, it varies. So if I donate to the Flesh and Food Bank, I would get a charitable receipt from the General Shepherd Church? Yes, that's correct. And in your case, same yeah. thing. Yeah. You get a, a charitable receipt. Yeah. For uh, from the Markdale Food Bank, which exactly, is, it, yeah. is that a not-for-profit incorporated uh, company, or just no. you must have something to be able to issue a charitable receipt? So, <laughs> yeah. so both of them are uh, are let's say real real needs in our community. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you see? Um, do you can you keep up to the requirements uh, in? Uh, as you see, perhaps it's increasing as uh, as times get tougher and rents get higher. Um, hydro rates continue to grow. Do you, you think you can keep up to it? I think so, yes. All right. Well, that's good. Yeah, so I, far. I, I got two I wonderful mean, So far, here. so good. I mean, we have our meetings every so often, and we, we discuss all that, you know, what's yeah. happening and right. how to work with it. Mm-hmm. So you have each one of you have, of course, a, yes. a management team that looks mm-hmm. after things. Yes. So is there anything else that uh, uh, at this time of year, um, is it historically upticking? Or is it the more of an uptick in in 2019 than previous years? So in other words, I just I'm not trying to say that mm-hmm. society's falling apart, but I mean I'm just saying is are there mm-hmm. more needs today as the as the um, accommodation seems, seems to be yes. Yeah. You think yeah. there is? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I found with mine that it has plateaued over maybe the last two years or so. It's been fairly steady. I think like some have moved away or. Uh, yeah, that's probably where the changes are. New people are coming, and we're always getting new people. Right. Uh, but we're staying like pretty steady at at thirty four over the last few years. So it's um, okay. Yeah, so the uh, I mean, social housing in Flesherton. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have social housing run by the county in Flesherton. Yeah. And we have three units in uh, three social housing units in yeah. in Markdale. We do. Yeah. So do you find a lot of those people are coming to you for help? Yes, yeah. we do. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Right. Yeah. So uh, if I'm hungry and I want to get something, do I I come and knock on your door? Do I need a means test or do no. I need to look hungry? How do I, you if phone, I'm new to town? Just phone us. Just phone yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have a phone. Oh, oh dear. Drop by. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the library and yeah. find out well, uh, where the food bank is and get a number. But you know, and, having a phone today yeah. is, is, you know, we don't have yeah. any pay phones yeah. anymore. Yeah. You used to be able right. to call somebody for, I don't know, maybe it was a, the last pay phone was a dollar, but I remember yeah. as a kid it was a nickel or a dime. So. Usually they can talk to the ministers in the, in the area yeah. and they'll know us. Okay. 
Yeah. And our phone numbers on our yeah. flyers anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. But as you yeah. know, uh, um, a landline from uh, <clears throat> a source that we all, all know is about over $50 a month. So somebody, yeah. you yeah. know, that, that's it. Between eating and having a landline, I think I'd rather eat. Yes. Right? yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Right, right on. So yeah. well, there's some things coming around now. Uh, hopefully, they'll come to fruition, and that's about transportation. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah. Uh, things are happening. At the provincial government, of course, is help is helping by funding it, uh, running a bus from Owen Sound down to Toronto. Down well, actually, down into Orangeville. All okay. Right? Oh, okay. Southgate also got a five hundred thousand dollar grant, mm-hmm. so they're going to hopefully run a bus that will go from Owen Sound. Stop in Markdale, stop in Flesherton, stop in Dundalk, then go down into Shelburne and down into Orangeville. Mm-hmm. Okay? And hopefully okay. that will be five days a week. So that'll allow people to move around. Yes. Mm-hmm. At, yeah. It's on a trial basis. Yes. Trial basis only because they don't have funding past the trial. So yeah. we've got to figure out a, a yeah. solution a solution to that. But right. it will it's not it's not a it's it's not free, all right, but it is is no, really cost to help. Sure, it is yeah. a help. Okay, yeah. so yeah, I know they used to run a bus from Own Sound down mm-hmm. to Shelburne to No Frills, and some of my folks did that. That was really good. That's a big thing. The cost of groceries locally, like you know, if if they could have access to be able to go to like uh, Food Basics or No Frills, where where groceries are cheaper, Walmart is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, any, you know, th- right. this would certainly help, folks. Well, I hopefully, uh, I mean, also uh, um, our dear friends uh, of Foodland is are expanding, yeah. and they do yeah. offer uh, delivery. Yes, um, I think it's at a reasonable cost. Yeah, or reasonable. I don't. Sometimes I, I think it's five dollars or yeah, something like something that. Like so that. that's marginal, you know, for somebody. Who has uh, twenty five dollars in their pocket? Yeah, right. But right. anyhow, we're trying to cope. And then there's the community community services that provide buses and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's everybody is is concerned about affordable housing, concerned about transportation, concerned mm-hmm. about all the important mm-hmm. things in mm-hmm. life and surviving. Okay, and mm-hmm. and trying to build more homes. So we're mm-hmm. all on that we're all on that wavelength. And I think uh, today I just uh, want to say that uh, I'm I'm happy to have. Two decent people here providing good things for our community. I hope so. (laughs) Thanks, Stuart. Thank you. This is the South Gray News section today, and I had a nice conversation with Ron Burnett of South Gray News, and we talked about some of the things that South Gray News is doing. How's Ron? He was great. He's uh, uh, really in good spirits today. Tis the season. Tis the season, yes. Yeah. So well, he, works, we, he works hard at that. He works really he does. hard at that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we also, he's well, he's had a big survey on, on ice cream, if you can imagine, from Chapman's Ice Cream. He, the, the survey is uh, uh, trying to find out what mo- the most favorite ice cream would be uh, that maybe is not may- being made by Chapman's today. So, so, the, so ice cream on people's mind in December? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I did hear a stat that I think of people in the world, Canadians eat eat most ice cream per capita compared to anybody else. Oh, I can I, believe I that. I checked it out. But, so I guess talking about ice cream in December, why not, right? Absolutely. We also talked about, uh, we also talked about trees and the, and the importance of trees and planting trees. Oh, so, very important. Yeah. yeah, so Ron's got a program there. 
uh, talking about how you can plant trees. And so... You mean you get a shovel out and dig uh, a hole? Well, no, no, as you plant tree, <laughs> trees with money, right? By, oh, ba- I by see. making it, it, sponsorships. Or, yeah, sponsorships. Oh, okay. So anyhow, it's, it was... Uh, uh, nice to learn about some of those well, things. Well, the federal government is, is, has a 50 million tree uh, program That's right the now. program. All right. Okay, so well. only 29 million are being planted so far. All right. So, oh, okay. So they're over halfway done then. That's right. When did it start? Uh, well, in the interview, I'm, I'm sure that I'll... Like thanks for that hint. I'll yesterday ask or day before? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, 29 million trees. Holy smokes. I don't know who's counting. Are you counting? Because I, well, that's a lot of counting, but that's great though. You know, planting trees is certainly creates oxygen right. for our atmosphere and, and, uh, you know, you know, trees is life. Right? That's right. Absolutely. So, so Ron's on top of everything, ice cream and trees. Hi, Ron. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Great. So uh, it's good to see you again. Last last time I was here, like two weeks ago. Yeah, that's right. Time has flown. So um, we're doing a few things on our site this uh, month, some fun things. Right. Uh, One is a contest we're having um, in honor of Chapman's Ice Cream. Right. Local Chapman's Ice Cream. It's also being local, it's also good. It's delicious. And you would be amazed at how many other people think it's delicious as well because we've had hundreds of entries into our Name the Flavor contest. Okay, so has how many have you got now? Uh, flavors, I, flavors, too many to, to name. No, no, but I mean quantity wise, like quantity our, wise, we're talking in the hundreds, hundreds of flavors. Yeah. So okay, right now, right. Um, uh, when this airs, uh, we will probably have picked a winner, and it's all about voting. So people go onto the site and look at the flavors that people have entered, and they will decide which is their. Which is the best flavor? Okay, so and these are flavors that aren't necessarily in existence right now. All right, now, so. But, so there's a survey day on, on your site, right? Yeah. So I think I did go to that survey um, because I did enter your your contest because I do like, uh, and I'm not ashamed of it because I've always said it that I do like heavenly hash. All right, so mm-hmm. uh, no double meanings there, but I do like do like that ice cream. Yeah, so. that's I like that one too, heavenly hash. I think my favorite's um, maple walnut. Well, that's a tried and true, uh, mm-hmm. proven one, so, okay. But let me tell you about some of the ones that have been entered. Okay. Okay, so you were talking earlier about um, when you were younger, you, you loved Heavenly, or you, well, no, you didn't love Heavenly Hash, you loved... Uh, well, you know, there used to be uh, Neapol- uh, There used to be three flavor uh, oh, yeah. bricks of ice cream when I was a kid, so... Yes, there, was there still tro- is, I think. Is there? Chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. That's what we were brought up on. Do you remember the Good Humor Man or... Uh, Anyone like that? Well, yeah, we used to have a, a in in our town, Dickie D. Yeah. Somebody on a bicycle with a cart, and they'd ring the bell. Yeah, and that was also in Vacation Land as well. One thing they used to come around with, which I really loved, was the buried treasure. Do you remember that one? The buried no, treasure. No, it was like a little plastic stick with a different figurine on the stick. Really, covered in uh, orange and vanilla ice cream. Okay, wow. Anyways, that happens to be one of the flavors that somebody has entered in our contest. Okay. So, how would you describe that flavor game? It's a combination of orange and vanilla. Okay, well, that's pretty simple. Orange is another one of my favorite flavors, just on everything. Right. Um, another one, uh, this one, uh, is very interesting. These are flavors that aren't necessarily in existence, right? So, this one is candied bacon vanilla. Which, you had me at bacon, really. Mm-hmm. Um, pumpkin pie is another one of my right. favorite uh, flavors. I love pumpkin pie. It's probably my favorite pie. Um, that was been, that's been entered. 
Um, have, is there a pumpkin ice cream now? Or that's, so that I would don't be believe new. so. Okay. Not a Chapman's ice right. cream anyways. Um, peach cobbler. Yeah. Also one of my favorite things, peach cobbler. Right. So there's a lot of creative flavors that uh, Chapman's hasn't necessarily yet Okay. I went to, to a food show once, so about six, seven years ago, uh, and uh, they had a, uh, a Tabasco and, uh, and vanilla ice cream. Tabasco? Yes. That's and interesting. you know what? It wasn't that bad. And I mean, it's not something I'd want every day, but I'm mixing Tabasco, which is a hot sauce, and, you know. Ooh, and the ice vanilla. cream, which is cold. So yeah, it's, so it's okay. So I don't know. What, is that on your list, Tabasco? I haven't seen that one, no. Okay. No. Well, there there you are. Maybe I should have put that in, but maybe I, maybe. I really don't think that uh, I would really say that that's my favorite. Anyways, at the time of this uh this podcast being aired, we will probably have a winner. So you can go to the site and see who, who that was. Okay. And one of the other things we've been doing lately is looking into um, green uh, energy strategies, uh, climate change things. Okay. Tree planting. Um, and there's this a company organization called Forests Ontario. Right. And what they do, they're a nonprofit registered charity, and they have been they have this 50 million tree planting program on right now where they're going to plant uh, 50 million trees I think they're currently at about 29 million right. they've been going since 2008 and uh, we've been looking into them most of the trees that they plant end up in southern uh, gray county which is interesting so uh, if you're going to plant trees on your land you most likely have uh, what what would be land that would not be anything more than pasture land, I guess, and and you want to and you want to yeah. So what they'll do is it, right? they'll they'll match up donors right. with um, with landowners, and uh, and then they'll put the two together. So I think is there a cost to have when you're a landowner? There is a slight cost. Yes. Right. Okay. Um, but it's an excellent uh, program, and so far they've planted 29 million trees since 2008. That's 15,000 hectares of new forest sequestering over 126,000 tons of carbon. So uh, that's, a lot of, uh, that's a lot of trees and that's a lot of um, value when you're considering uh, climate change action. Right. Well, uh, I remember my dad had uh, 10 acres uh, out uh, in Uxbridge uh, many years ago and he planted, uh, at that time he, uh, it was, uh, you know, he only needed one acre around the house. So the other nine acres he put into into those little uh, pine trees, all right? And and I went back, what's this, 40 years later, hmm. at least, and oh, I tell you, <laughs> those trees, they're 40 feet tall today. Wow. But, you know, looks like they grew a foot a year anyhow. So, yes, yeah. they're certainly bringing in, sucking in lots of carbon right now. Yeah. So, and it was good. To, and it's so nice to see have that. We've wanted to help them along, too, so what we've done is we've partnered with them, and that means that any ad that uh, will be put on our classified section, which is now called our green pages, right? we will uh, plant one tree with any ad that's placed on there. And we've reduced the prices, too, so that's one way of helping out, and we're, we're glad to do it. And uh, hope well, we can Congratulations on that. Too. So um, are they... Go- how are you? Uh, how are you going to plant those trees, Ron? Where are you going to well, put them? Well, we won't be physically planting them, but we'll be giving the money to Forest Ontario. And okay, we'll and they'll just add it to their. their that's yeah. right. Okay, yeah. well that's good. Yeah. So, fifty million trees is their goal, and they're twenty-nine million on their way. 
Okay, so we're we can't expect more trees in Eugenia then. Well, you you might you might because they do they do 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 any area around here. So if Good. you want to uh, plant some trees on your property, get in touch with them. Uh, I have quite a few now, so I I really I really love trees. So yeah. Another thing at this time of the year, it's the end of the year. It's it's close to the end of December. We start looking backwards on the year that was. Right. And we do a little thing called the top ten stories. Right. Okay. On our site, these are the stories that have seen the most attention, most from, feedback. So you judge it from more yeah, or less response. The most visits to to these pages on our site. These right. stories. Okay. So. And um, I'm very happy to say that most of these stories are very good news stories. You know. Well, that's good. Yes. So it's it's heartwarming to me to see that uh, it's not the murders and accidents that. Uh, people are mostly interested in it's the good can you give me stories. the maybe the top two just uh or you can i don't maybe, want to uh, oh you don't want it oh you're not we're not going to it's a judge. countdown so I, a, don't, oh, I don't want to give it we're away. not going to reveal it right no but so I, how are you going to reveal it eventually? well i can tell you that there's a couple on there because we've had an election this year right that's likely going to make it onto the top 10 okay um we've also uh had our Gray County reads right in earlier in the year, and that's always a very popular uh, feature yeah, of our absolutely. site. So it's that's running again next year. Going so. to be on there as well. But when it comes to the top uh, stories, I want uh, I want the suspense to continue. Okay, I understand. So the top story gets uh, announced on January first. Okay, New Year's Day. And uh, so, let's say this is there going to be drums and and whistles and banging when that is announced How no, are you going? no 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 drums uh no but uh it'll be up there on oh. on midnight on midnight 01 okay yeah so that's when you're going to post yes, although i think people will probably be busy with other things at that well look point it's, of the ni- night. it's nice to be able to you know to have that as a symbolic uh, solution for for the year of uh, information anyhow that you're doing very well and expanding i see you're getting more into some sort of editorial kind of compositions today which is nice all right mm-hmm. yeah and well, for a bit of plug for uh, in gray highlands this week i see you've got a button on your there is a button now on, hey. on gray highland this week so on on the site you can uh, click the button it'll take you directly to this podcast well that's great I hope people use it. I hope so, too. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. You're welcome. You're now a firm part of our organization, so thank yeah. you. Thank you for doing that. So, Yeah, I'm only too happy. Ronnie, I understand that you uh, this week you had a, a nice nice uh, little chat with uh, Joan McKee, who is uh, part of that wonderful team uh, that's called the Love Committee. And, uh, and uh, those are certainly decent people doing uh, good things in our community. And I understand... Uh, that uh, Joan uh, last night was, uh, or I'm not sure what day it was, was honored with uh, uh, an award for 51 years of continuous service uh, to the Love Committee. So that's that's commendable, 51 years. Yeah, wow. isn't that impressive? I yeah. mean, she's so impressive. When I had my little talk with her, she uh, told me all about the uh, Love Committee and how it started in her basement right. 51 years ago and uh, how it's just grown little by little over the years to where it is now and uh, actually on th- on the 19th they all get together at the kinplex in flesherton and they put together the christmas boxes for all of the uh, needy families in the area and it's a consortium of uh, of churches get together on that right yes i believe it's uh, three Volunteers. or four churches uh, she the names food, them and the food bank as well yes in, in well, coordination with the food bank and they also give out toys 
toys, clothing, food. Everybody wow. gets a turkey. It's really amazing what they do for these families. Right. And and if you ever go there, um, I was there last year, but it's quite the uh, it's quite the operation. Right. And uh, I think last year. How many year they, do they make up? Uh, this year, she said 88 boxes. Uh, last year, they had around about the same number, um, but that right. was a week before they right. actually hand them out. So a few more families will likely come so in. So guys like uh, you would run around with a turkey and, and drop a turkey in 88 boxes? Is that the way it yeah, works? Yeah, basically, yeah. But there's, uh, there's work. <laughs> quite a lot of volunteers there all coordinating right. this thing. It's it's quite a, a beehive of, of activity. Well, it's, it's nice that uh, these people uh, can do good things for for the people in our community, yeah, and we're continue so to do. lucky to have Joan and all of her volunteers uh, yeah, working done away. A, she's done done a great job for fifty-one years. Wow! Yeah, so that was a very impressive uh, well, little I'm talk glad. I had with her. We also had a chat with uh, the, the team members from the food bank this week as well. So yeah, yeah. So it's that time of year. Are uh, are we about to sing uh, any carols today, or are we going to leave that? To, uh, uh, well, I don't know. Do Perhaps you know our our producer can. <laughs> Put some uh, some carol music at the, at this point uh, because you and I are not known for our singing voices. No, I know I'm not. Right. So okay. Enough said about that. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. I, you, I heard you mention something about Helen Jones and Jeff Bowles. What's going on there? Well, they're going to have a little bit of a Winter Tales story as part of our festive season. Sounds interesting. So Helen, as you know, is uh, is a modern dancer and is a teacher and uh, been in in the Flushing area for a long time. And then also uh, Jeff Jeff Bowes is a noted actor and has written recently a book called Open Up the Wall. He changed from acting to contractor, but also he's still involved in, in voice uh, work. All right. He's got a great voice. So you'll enjoy, I think, this uh, conversation be, between Helen and and uh, Jeff. Okay. He opened up the wall and got the book. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Winter Tales, Gray County. Um, good heavens. Those were uh, pretty uh, laudatory introductions we got from those fellas. Uh, now we have to come up with something, Helen. Um, this is the, uh, shall we say, the Christmas edition. Mostly it's about decent people doing good things. And I know you're going to read from that wonderful book, The History of the County of Grey, about uh, the Indigenous people and the wonderful things they did for the new settlers. I love this book. It was first published in 1931, and it's written by E.L. Marsh. I'm going to read these pieces out of Chapter 4. And the title of the chapter is The Indian Greets the White Man. Our country owes a debt to the early Indian. It is a debt that can never be repaid. Without the friendship and the help of the Indian, exploration and settlement would have been many years delayed, and without the aid that the Indians have given in times of need, want and tragedy would have come to many of the homes of the settlers. From their trading posts, they would return to their homes with the tea, sugar, tobacco, and bright handkerchiefs, and the white man's trinkets, for which they paid dearly in the soft coats of the furred animals that had their homes in grey. 
In much the same way and over the same route, the first settlers carried their flour and their groceries. Not only did the Indians guide the white men and welcome them to their teepees, but they continued to extend kindnesses to them until they themselves had no longer any spot in the county that they could call their homes. We cannot record a single instance of an Indian doing any injury to the settlers. In speaking of the Indians, a pioneer whose father was one of the first to come into the eastern part of the county has said, traveling bands would come into our house and set about the fire often rolling up in their blankets and sleeping there at night. If we gave them food, they would be likely to bring us a basket, or a birch bark sap bucket, or some deer meat, or perhaps a fur mat, and they came back again. They had access to everything about the place, but Father never lost anything by them. If they borrowed an axe, they brought it back in as good shape as they got it. Innumerable stories could be told of their friendship and sympathy for the lonely settlers in any misfortune. At one time, some squaws came into the shanty of a settler, whose wife had beside her in a cradle the infant child of her nearest neighbor, whose wife had died of some unknown fever. The Indian women, noticing the baby, asked the woman if it were her child. By means of the few words of English they understood, and by signs, she explained to them that its mother had died. They took it up in their arms, each one holding it for a few minutes, and each one shedding tears over the motherless babe. When they passed that way again the following season, they brought to the little white papoose, who had no mother to make it gifts, a tiny basket beautifully woven out of bark, which they had dyed an artistic blending of colors from the dyes made out of the leaves and roots of plants and the bark of trees. Well, um, yes, we have a lot to be grateful for, uh, both yesterday and today. Um, I was going to talk about our good King Wenceslas, probably one of the uh, most popular carols around Christmas time, largely because it tells a story and as a kid I can remember you know liking the story about a young boy following the king to uh, do decent things uh, but it actually happened good king Wenceslas actually did go out on the feast of Stephen which we call Boxing Day and um, handed off uh, goods and chattels to one of the poorest of his peasant subjects but the thing is good king Wenceslas was actually a prince when he earned the title Wenceslas the Good for his generosity towards his peasant subjects. Um, some might think it was a Christian charity, except that at the time, 960, young Wenceslas wasn't a Christian. He was a pagan. Now, when his father died... Then Wenceslas became ruler of Bavaria, which is now the Czech Republic, and he started to introduce Christianity into the nation, which uh, did not sit well with his brother Boleslav, who ran him through with a lance on the steps of the new church. And that made Wenceslas immediately a martyr to the people, and these stories started circulating for decades about his charitable good deeds. 
though nobody remembers King Boleslav to this day, but there's a huge statue of Wenceslas on horseback in, you guessed it, Wenceslas Square. As for the song, in 1853, a famous Czech poem was translated into English, set to a famous traditional tune, and the famous Christmas carol was published. And I'll be singing it, probably Christmas Eve, <laughs> as I'm sure you will, Helen. Thank you, Jeff. I thought you were going to sing it now. No, I'll spare you all. I was and going to do the harmonies. <laughs> Perhaps we could work on that, and we'll see you next Christmas. Until then, happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. And a Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas. Hey, guess what happened a couple of weeks ago, Stuart? What happened? Uh, I got busier. Did you? Yeah. Well, well you, you experienced it yourself a couple of years back. Yeah. Well, that's that that uh, great draw of managing ninety five thousand people up yeah. there in Gray County and uh, up in up in Owen Sound. So, yes. Tell yeah. me a little bit about it. Well, I became warden, and I know you were there, and and uh, that was uh, a, a great evening and uh, something that. You know what? I started out 25 years ago, something I never thought I would ever become. But you know what? It's like stepping stones in life. And, you know, as, as you move on in life, things just sort of appear. And you just think, oh, yeah, why not? You just sort of move forward. And, you know, doing it for so long, and I guess that's like moving up any corporate ladder or anything else. You just right. sort of you just sort of move into it. And uh, that's what I, it feels like, Stuart. It just feels like another stage in my life. And uh, certainly enjoying it. I enjoy talking to all the great people in, here in Gray County and, uh you know what? Uh, I feel I feel obliged to be um, an honor to be the representative of the county as far as the warden, and, and that's part of the dignitary part of the job. And uh, it certainly is. Uh, yeah, it's just it's fun. You've done it. Well, yes, I did do it, and uh, I represented the the old the old wardens. Well, you know, Stuart, we should maybe take a few minutes to reflect back of what we've been doing here in the studio. A. Well, absolutely. It's it's really been uh, really been a lot of fun because you and I talk all the time, and uh, we're still <laughs> talking. And uh, we'll, I don't think we'll ever shut up. But uh, it, it's great to be able to uh, maybe inform people about some of the things that we've learned. And uh, so we're just being ourselves here. So absolutely, we're just we're here. not wearing any any highfalutin. You can remove the crown now. So and <laughs> well, you know what? You know, it's it's just again, it's one of those things in life that you sort of fall into. And you know, I think we've fallen into something that's sort of cool and unique here that we we're just talking about our community. Our community is very important in our in our area. It's no different than anywhere else, right? It's but it's it's part of that thing that we do is is we include everybody. Well, we're certainly trying to. And, and when you, you review the number of people that we've talked to over this. Yeah this series i mean it's it's really um uh phenomenal quite frankly i would have never thought where where we were going to go on this so well and you know it's 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 something that i think we're sharing our community and telling people about the great things that are out there and and uh, having fun doing it that's right well you were born here but i i had adopted this community so i think we have a you know a desire to uh yeah i came here because i loved it and you right 
you are still here, and now you're, you know, you're a new, new, new. Well, I'm proud to be here. I'm proud to be, a, you know, born and raised here in Great County, and and certainly proud to share it with everyone else, in the sense of what uh, the great things that. Well, it's great that you've accepted me as a from away guy kind of guy. So. I think it's taken like 20 years to get to know you, but I guess it's okay now. Eh? That's right. <laughs> you know what? I think you and I hit it off very well. I mean, the first time we really had a conversation, I think you and I were at the. Uh, was it United Church in um, in Own Sound, and it was something to do with heritage. And yes, we were on the heritage. And there right? was a fellow from the province there. What was his name? He was a very important person talking about heritage. And remember, it was like a silent auction, and we were sort of going around. There was tables, and they were raising funds. And it was the Great County. What was it? The Heritage Society or the Society? Well, there's the Ontario uh, the. Uh, Historical Society. But it was Great County. Yeah, there is a Great, but Great County Historical Society. Yes. And then there was uh, there was this fellow who came from the province, ministry, who spoke uh, about, I can't remember exactly what was it. Was it John Carter? I don't know. He was talking about uh, the importance of, of, of culture and heritage. And well, John would, would have done that if it wasn't John. Uh, it was a presentation. Uh, and, but anyway, that, just going back, I that was the first time you and I really chatted. And I'm trying to think. Was that, that before 2006? Oh, yeah. You were yeah. on council. No, no I, I was on. I was just, well, that's probably how we got to know each other. Because when I first got on council, I don't think we knew each other before 03. No. And then I think it was during that time when I was first on council, and then you decided to run in, I think it was 07. No, right? it was 06. Well, 06, 4, 07, four, right? Yeah, yeah, right, it was right. leading up to 07. Right. And, uh, but, you know, you know, we talked, and we just sort of fed it off, and then it, we, were, we, were, you know, we were passionate about what we felt about our community, and that's similar to what we're talking about here. We're very passionate about this community of Grey Highlands. Very proud Canadian. We're all proud well, of course we are. And but you, the fact is that my relatives came from Scotland, yep. and, and I am born in May. has nothing to do with our relationship. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> two, there you go out there, you know, two tourists are sitting at the table here doing uh, in Studio A, uh, working together. So there we must be uh, that's okay. happy-go-lucky guys, right? We've defied gravity. So, Well, that's great, Stuart. And from all of us. To all of you. A very Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. And all the best for the new year. Thanks for listening. Yes, all the best. You've been listening to Episode 8, the final episode for 2019 of In Grey Highlands This Week, for Saturday, the 21st of December, 2019. A current affairs podcast for and about the municipality of Grey Highlands in Ontario, Canada. Our hosts are Stuart Halliday and Paul McQueen. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we look forward to you favoring us with a response by email, feedback at ingrayhighlandsthisweek.ca, or a call to our voicemail at 519-900-8905. Please visit ingrayhighlandsthisweek.ca to view the show notes, leave a comment, and listen to extended material. Our scores are skillfully composed and generously provided by Al Halliday of Arkham Dispatch and Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Thanks to our guests, Joan McGee of The Love Committee, Marianne Doyle and Carl Herman of the Flesherton and Markdale Food Banks, Karen Buratinsky, Manager of District 9 of the Ontario Federation of Snowmobile Clubs, Ron Barnett produces our SouthGreyNews.ca segment. And finally, thanks to Helen Jones and Jeff Bowes for performing our Winter Tales segment.
The show is produced by Tim Riley at Leaking Ambient Studio in Flesherton. In Grey Highlands This Week is produced in association with the Grey Highlands Chamber of Commerce and our friends at southgreynews.ca and is copyright under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.